From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Great to have you with us, even those places that we can't pronounce around the world. Or spell. Yeah, they're, or spell. <laughs> Mike Douglas with you, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, and of course our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, out uh, with us as well. Oh, by the way, by the way, congratulations also to Mr. Owl. Yay. He is the uh, recipient of Habitat for Humanity's yes. uh, 2010 cons- Paul Geisler uh, Construction Award. Oh, and right. Over the past... Four houses. Yeah, yeah. Four houses and uh, many... Many. <laughs> but uh, over 5,000 hours, uh, I think, over, over five years, and uh, in addition um, to uh, volunteering with ABC and a whole mm-hmm. bunch of other people. So congratulations to Mr. Al. Yes. And a uh, well, well-deserved award. All right. Uh, great, uh, great organization, great ministry we're mm-hmm. going to be talking to you about tonight, World Relief, and we'll get to them in a couple of minutes. Right now, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people be when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the Jesus Freak Salute from the Voice of the Martyrs. Michael Sattler accepted his sentence to have his tongue cut out and then be burned as a heretic. In Zurich in 1527, Michael was leading the movement of believers to return to a New Testament form of church. As the crowd gathered to watch his execution, Michael was moved to pray for a bystander named Klaus van Grafnik. In a slurred voice, Michael prayed, Dear Lord, open the eyes of this young man. Later, in tribute to the martyr, Klaus would write, May God grant us to testify to him so bravely and patiently. Indeed, let us all testify with such bravery. For more stories of real-life Jesus freaks, go online to persecution.com. You know, friends, as you go through the, uh, we've been uh, at, at the serving church going through the book of Acts mm-hmm. and seeing how dynamically the church exploded into the scene through Jerusalem and then uh, up into Antioch to become the, the Gentile capital of, of Christianity and, and then around the world. And you think of um, what uh, Paul and Barnabas went through and, and Paul being beat up and thrown in prison and stoned and left for dead outside the city gates. And, and uh, this we just heard from Voice of the Martyrs back in the uh, 16th century. You know, we have an open window right now 
And we need to take advantage of, of the freedoms that, that God has given us. And, and to sit on those freedoms and, and do nothing, I think, is, is a waste of the gift that God has given us. So it's just a reminder uh, that we need to answer the call and be available for whatever God has for us to do. And speaking of things that God has for him to do, here's Brad Dacus. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. The City Council of Ontario, California, is considering a proposal to add In God We Trust to the city seal. Councilman Alan Wapner was inspired by In God We Trust America. Of course, the Freedom From Religion Foundation is threatening a court battle, claiming that God and religious references should have nothing to do with any city hall. Well, Jacqueline Sullivan, the founder of In God We Trust America, says it is our right to publicly display our motto, which supports patriotism and historical accuracy. Well, Pacific Justice Institute hopes that more cities will join the 134 nationwide, which have already added the motto. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And we're back with you live at Lighthouse Live, Pastor Mike, Elaine, and our guest from World Relief in just a moment. But first, some opportunities for you to serve from the Volunteer Center of the United Way, another organization that we dearly love, the Society for Handicapped Children and Adults, having fun in the sun. And we've got a lot of that going on lately, don't we? Helping disabled water skiers with the Summer Skiing Unlimited program, volunteers ages 15 years and older, needed to help handicapped skiers with water activities. Uh, this all taking place at the Modesto Reservoir from 8.30 till 3. On the following Saturdays, we have June 26th, July 17th, and August 14th, and September 11th. The program uh, providing access to skiing for many blind, deaf, paraplegic, quadriplegic, and developmentally delayed people who otherwise might be denied the opportunity to participate in the water sports. Now, with adaptive equipment and special instructions, there are very few disabilities too severe to prevent participation for these folks. And volunteers must know how to swim, very important, and pass a fingerprint background check if you're over the age of 18 years. Uh, skiing experience is helpful but not required. The society provides a variety of services and programs designed to enhance the quality of life for persons of all ages and disabilities that reside here in Stanislaus County. Great stuff. So we just encourage you, if that's uh, kind of uh, along the lines that you'd like to get involved in, please do that. The Stanislaus County Chief Executive Office for the California State Fair, your passport to adventure. Time for fairs and all that stuff is just kind of right here upon us, isn't it? This year, uh, jungle and reptile experience, kind of the theme uh, for the fair volunteers will hand, uh, hand out travel and tourism brochures. Why the funny looks? I, I don't understand that. But reptile anyway, what? Rep, uh, reptile experience, jungle. And, I had uh, one this morning. Did you? Uh, Almost did you stepped on that? this snake. Yes, I see. Big so. dude. Wow. Big dude. Glad and he's he bulging. It looks like you just eaten a mouse or something. You know? uh, glad he had didn't. That. Anyway, go any further than were you that, trying so to go somewhere? Maybe we'll, uh, we'll see. Anyway, Probably. volunteers can hand out travel and tourism with all of those reptiles and things, brochures, and answer questions regarding the exhibit and uh, our community to individuals visiting the county's booth. Volunteers should enjoy working with the public 
and have knowledge about our county and be available to work uh, four-hour shifts is what they're asking. July 17th, Sunday, July 18th, the 25th, or the 1st of August between 10 and 6 p.m. Volunteers are asked to wear one of their great county T-shirts that they provide and uh, general admission to concerts. You'll be provided that, stage shows, exhibits, and a whole lot more. So that should be a lot of fun. If that's something you're interested in, you might want to check that out. And uh, the Gallo Center for the Arts joined the celebration to kick off the 2010 and 2011 season, bringing arts and culture to our community by attending the volunteer orientation Friday, June 18th from 6 to 8 p.m. Volunteer ages 18 years and older needed uh, as theater ushers, greeters, administrative assistants, uh, community outreach ambassadors, and more. We have a few volunteers here at ABC who do this. We do. Every time I go, I'll go often, but when I do, you often see Leonard there. Leonard and and, uh, and Bill. Bill, yeah, Some of the others, and they're all dressed up, not in their ABC uh, wear, but in tuxedos, and you know, you see them in their painting stuff, and their... And it's a great way, uh, not not only to to volunteer, but you get to see some of the performances as as well. It's It's a great great opportunity. You betcha. To meet people, and it's about relationships. Volunteers provide visitors and patrons with timely, uh, accurate, and consistent information all about the center's program. Programs. It's just really a great thing to be involved with. The mission of the Gallo Center for the Arts is to enrich the quality of life here in the Central Valley. So if you have any questions about any of these opportunities, Barbara Borba is the lady in the know, and she can be reached at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her. She likes that, bborba at uastan.org. And uh, should be happy to hear from you. Uh, here at AVC, everything from uh, donating household furniture to providing rides to life-saving kidney dialysis treatments uh, to giving someone a ride to shop for groceries, donating wheelchairs. There are things right now that some of us can provide to someone uh, in our community to make a difference. And we just uh, exist to connect you with those opportunities to serve. And we know the needs uh, of those who need yard work done as well. And we have small fix-it jobs uh, at their homes. Some painting. We got uh, some requests for painting uh, indoor homes for for seniors who can't do that for themselves today. And uh, also summertime is here, as we know and can feel. For those in the Valley, we know what that means in terms of heat. Uh, We're going to be needing some donations of some uh, window units, ACs. So if you have those in working conditions, we want to stress that. Please give us a call. Consider your neighbors, and we'll uh, connect you with some very precious ones here at 209-544-9571 for your donated items. You know, also, those of you up in uh, San Joaquin County, the greater Manteca area up into Stockton, we really need your help. Uh, we, we need uh, some very, very skilled folks up in that area to do some assessments for us, uh, some folks that need wheelchair ramps built and some home repairs, that sort of thing. So uh, if you're in the lower southern part of San Joaquin County, we'd love to talk to you. Again, the phone number, 209-544-9571. Well, our guests tonight know how to love their neighbors, and they are wonderful examples 
uh, how to do just that. And with open arms, we welcome back to Lighthouse Live, the awesome organization and ministry of World Relief. This time around, we have new faces and uh, kind of a under new, don't you love it when you hear under new management, but it's kind of, a, it's the same wonderful organization and ministry that loves people. World Relief, I love that name and we're going to hear about that, but we do want to welcome Lori Adderholt joins us tonight as well as Heather Maza and Yulia Joseph and Ramona Ruskamp. Ladies, welcome to Lighthouse Live. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. thanks for being here. Um, Lori, can you kind of we'll begin with you, if, if you will, find kind of fine uh, tune and, and focus for us, uh, kind of share with our audience the important mission, if you will, of World Relief. Could you do that for us? Yes, I'd be happy to do that. Um, a little history real quick. Uh, for some of you maybe newer listeners. World Relief, uh, we started uh, resettling, sorry, moving closer, started to resettle refugees in about 1975, um, assisting, then we kind of moved into assisting victims of human trafficking, disaster relief, and immigration reform and services, and we have about 24 offices throughout the United States that work on resettling refugees, and, um, you know, the mission for us here. Um, in the resettling agency part is um, we take people who have been persecuted, who have had to flee their own country, and most of them have had to go to refugee camps, depending on what country they move from, come from. They literally flee after being imprisoned, um, beaten, uh, family members killed, and uh, so they run with their lives. They leave all behind. They leave sometimes family members and run to a neighboring country, again, where they they have to go to camps, and they could be in camps for years, and they are hoping to go to a third country. Imagine leaving one, go to a second, and hoping to go to a third, mm-hmm. learning a new language, uh, learning a whole new culture, leaving everything behind, and because you've been persecuted for your faith or political reasons or a group maybe you were a part of. You know, Lori, as we listen to things like Voice of the Martyrs, mm-hmm. like we did just at the beginning of the broadcast, we really, most of us who are comfortable in our own homes right. here in, in the States, we don't really, we can't get our minds and, and our hearts really around that. Right. Um, we don't know what they've experienced. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is just unfathomable uh, almost for us to, to really realize what it's like to walk in their shoes. We... I mean, all of us can, just hearing some of the stories that we've just heard, you know, just from our office... It really is hard. It's hard to imagine. I mean, here in the U.S., our persecution is somebody rejects us when we go to share the gospel. Somebody maybe spits on you when you share. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we really don't have too much fear of losing our life over sharing our faith or having a Bible study in our own home and worshiping the Lord in some way and having freedom or being a part of a political group. <laughs> We really don't know. And so as we really listen to stories, we have to pray for the compassion of Jesus to really understand um, what they've kind of gone through. I don't, well, I don't believe we'll ever understand it unless we go through it. But through the help of Jesus, we can begin to really have empathy and uh, have, know how to better serve them and love mm-hmm. them. Now, obviously, uh, a, a family that's being persecuted in, in Iraq, for example, has no idea what a Modesto is. <laughs> <laughs> you had no idea. I was in L.A. I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
kind of connect the dots for us. How, how do people, who, who gets them out, how, how do they get directed here to the Central Valley? Take us through that process a little bit. Once in, if they are in a camp, um, the United Nations comes around, and they have um, organizations through, through the United Nations, and they interview people, and be, they see if they qualify and try to get records and documents of them and families. You know, we understand that some of different cultures maybe have multiple wives, uh, kids through these different – I mean, there's a lot of variables going in, but mm. the United Nations comes in, qualifies them, then it goes through different organizations, and when they come to the United States, it's working through different federal governments, Homeland Security, um, the United Nations, I believe, is the one that determines which country. The United, Na uh, United States takes the most in, probably about 90% of the refugees, wow. and the Congress uh, determines, and the President of the United States determines how many refugees come into the United States each year. This year, we are planning on about 70,000. Wow. Lori, is the process different lengths of time for different people? It could take two, like to two to 10 years. Two to 10 years. So, My. yes, two to 10 years. Well, you're living in a camp. By then, you're multiplying, kids getting married, et cetera, can change. Health, health reasons, you know. Here we are in such a fast pace. You know, as Americans, we right. want everything right now. Right. You know, we're not used to waiting for things. You know, when you think of of uh, children in orphanages waiting to be adopted yes. to a family, for example, you know, and they have to wait. And but you know, wow, yeah, my goodness, waiting, yeah. waiting, and they're waiting with no guarantee. I yes. mean, there's many more refugees in camps that will never really get to a third country. Oh. Mm -hmm. Now, what are some of the other countries? Does Canada take some? Do you know, what? there's Australia. There's some of the Netherlands that take them in. I think they were talking about this year. Maybe even Japan was taking maybe two people. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, most of them just take a, just a few. Yeah. I mean, really, we take yeah. over 90%. So I, I would imagine the preparation is pretty intensive because you're taking people entirely out of their, their element and mm -hmm. putting them into an extreme culture shock. Shock right? and awe. I think yeah. they could use that, yeah. the shock and awe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how does World Relief uh, help, help with that aspect of it? You know, for us, that's where the church has to really, for us, to be involved in this because it is huge. I mean, they actually go through um, stages, and I brought it in. They actually go through about, they go through a honeymoon stage when they get here, and then they go through a hostility stage where that becomes like frustration and depression sets in. Um, they're just trying to learn English, trying to be understood. Um, nobody really understands their culture, mm -hmm. um, et cetera. The third stage is a humor stage, and they kind of begin to relax and can laugh at some of the misunderstandings. They're not as serious about not being able to be perfect here in this country. The fourth stage is the home stage. Um, it talks about the refugees retain their allegiance to their home culture, but also feel at home in America. How long mm -hmm. does it take, usually, typically, Lori, for this Yulia? to happen? Yulia, can you, does it? Yes. Welcome, um, welcome, welcome. Come <laughs> closer uh, to your microphone, if you would. Thank my you. pleasure. Um, I'm employed for World Relief, and I'm so happy to work for them oh. uh, because the wonderful job they provide for our refugees uh, at the time of arrival. Um, yes, these families, uh, they uh, take them about eight months to one year by the time they really learn about culture mm -hmm. and understand life here. And, um, you know, that period of time, eight months to one year to adjust uh, 
town culture. Now, what about uh, the family structure? I mean, we just mentioned sometimes, uh, you know, our, our American family culture is so messed up right now. You know, <laughs> the world looks at us really? and says, we're all messed <laughs> up. You know, <laughs> uh, talk a little bit about the challenges that people have in terms of bringing their family structure here to the U.S. Difficult to adapt. I mean, we, we've got all these, other, you know, we've got the Internet and we've got all these other forces coming in. Big challenge for families as they come in with the um, culture? Not really. I, I don't see, uh, you know, a big challenge because these people, when they um, flee their countries, most of them are educated people, doctors, mm. lawyers, mm. Uh, families with, with a lot of education, engineering. Uh, they leave everything and they come. So they know how to use computer. They speak. Uh, they they understand English. Um, they don't speak the language because in, in those countries, they, especially in Iraq, they don't let them use the, uh, the language. Um, uh, you know, for me, I'm, I am um, from Iraq. Mm -hmm. So I remember in schools, we never had a class in English, uh, study English uh, or, or use the language of English. So, but they do, um, they don't use this, this speaking language, but they do read a uh, little bit about it. So they come here, they understand, and they get, especially Christian, they adjust to the language so fast. Yes. Uh, they learn fast, yeah. What about the negative influences, those uh, of the media that we have here? I mean, uh, we, you know, we, we, we have a lot of anti-family uh, matter on the internet and television and that sort of thing is that is that a struggle are people kind of surprised when they come here that that there's so much anti-family uh... uh well what when when we just talk to refugees uh, i believe from me you know discussing their life in uh the second country like syria or jordan they see so much mm. that happening mm. I really, I... Nothing's last, much of a shock, Last, huh? last time I was talking to one of our refugees, he was saying, Yulia, um, United States is a country that we see a lot of good things in it. Mm -hmm. Because in those countries, there are some things that you cannot believe, um, uh, you know, bad things for the families. Mm -hmm. and So they have positive look on United States, really. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, from there. So it'd be good for us to see the United States through their eyes sometimes, yeah. give yeah. us some hope then, right? <laughs> and, and, and we need to hear, we need to hear that and, yes. and, and uh, perspective from well, their eyes. What about for you personally? What adjustments did, did you have to make when, when you came here? Um, well, uh, first of all, leaving that country with fear uh, mm. all the time. And um, I believe sometimes I... Until now, we do have a fear of government, you know. It stay with you for, for a long time. Um, the adjust uh, we had is being in this country when I first came. I loved it from the day I put my feet wow. in this country and loved it. Um, it's amazingly, uh, it's so blessed to be here and appreciate every. Thing in this country. We need to make sure we don't take that for granted. Absolutely. Yes. And Absolutely. Yulia does a good job. When Maybe they're in a, a, a stage where it's kind of depressing. Yulia is very good mm -hmm. at reminding them where they live, what America has, how they have opened their doors for you. And she does a great job in helping to kind of restore that honeymoon 
a little bit back into them. And Yulia has such a sweet, mm-hmm. sweet spirit. Mm-hmm. The love of Christ shines yes. through you, yes. sister. Absolutely. It truly Thank does. You. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Thank you. What brought you to World Relief? I mean, did just being here and going through, how did you find the, um, the ministry? Uh, well, I, um, you know, I was introduced to World Relief through... Um, um, Modesto Christian uh, uh, Neighborhood Church, okay. Neighborhood Church. Okay. and uh, my kids used to attend the school uh-huh. and uh, we had a um, we had uh, an office in uh, Neighborhood Church and it was running by a, a Russian pastor um, pa- Pastor Peter uh-huh. uh, and um, he uh, we had a lot of refugees uh, resettled in uh, Sacramento and Modesto from Russia so I then they start settling people from Iraq, and they ask me if I can um, tra- interpreter for for them, right. and that's what that was when I was introduced. I'm an interior decorator. I was very much involved in my <laughs> right. my job, but when I was introduced to them, and I saw what. Um, amazing thing World Relief is doing for the refugees. Mm-hmm. I was touched yes. and and I believe from all my heart God took me from my job and put me into uh, serving those people that are calling, isn't it? Yes. yes. Definitely. Funny how he does that. Yes. He, he takes your experiences <laughs> and, and, and puts that puzzle piece together. You know, you can't always make sense of it at the time, mm-hmm. but uh, obviously yes. had a great uh, great plan headed for you. Yes. Well, we have Heather Maza with us also. Did I say it right? Yes, good okay. job. <laughs> Heather, you also have a sweet spirit. Tell us what led you to World Relief and what you are doing in the ministry as well. All right. Um, it's a fun story how I started working at World Relief. Um, I was working previously as a sales rep at a different company and um, love Modesto um, through Big Valley. I signed up for that back in March. And um, I saw the Welcoming Refugees Project, and I had no idea what it was, but it sounded cool. So I was like, all right, I want to try this out. So I signed up. Lori met us at the church, um, all the volunteers, and she kind of told us what we were going to do for the day. And we were assigned um, different families that we were just going to hang out with them. Um, Really, you could show them around, show them how to ride the bus, just have tea with them. It was up to you. And um, I loved it. That day was so fun. I was with the greatest family, and I wanted to keep volunteering. So I go into the office and I meet with Lori and I'm just asking her like about um, what World Relief does and um, what other ways I could volunteer, filling out the application. And I was asking her like, do you love your job? Is it so fun working here? Because it just seemed like the best. And she's like, yeah, I do. You know, tell me how she um, came to World Relief. And she's like, actually, um, we have a volunteer coordinator um, position that we're going to be opening up, and we're wondering Ooh. if you're interested. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'd be so interested. I'll clean the floors. I don't care what I'll do. <laughs> That's the spirit. That's what we love. And um, so it worked out from there. And so now I do church relations, volunteer coordinating, and um, it's been fun hearing the stories, meeting the people, visiting with families, and it's crazy. We need, we're in a pinch, and we need a bed, or we need this, or... We need someone to befriend um, one of our refugees, and we pray, and and someone walks through the door. It's amazing. Tell <laughs> us about befriending. Okay, befriending is yes, the best. That's my yes, favorite yes, yes. Um, volunteer position because so many good things could come from befriending. 
and what befriending is is basically just being friends with someone um for example we have a mother and daughter that um from big valley that befriend um, one of our families that's been here um, about eight months and uh they at first they were kind of hesitant it's kind of awkward at first like what do you do you know do you just go hang out do we show them around they don't really know but um they just invited the family to their home um, got to know them and now it's kind of like a weekly thing every week they'll do something either visit them at their home or they'll take them to their place um, and they found out that the two of the daughters like making um, like bracelets bags kind of thing and so they had a like a little time at their house where they made bracelets and they found out that one of the girls is such an amazing seamstress like she could do really good at sewing cool. and, and one of the biggest struggles for us is finding employment for these people because mm-hmm. um, as we know, the job market is so like right. tight right now. Mm-hmm. And so they have a little English, um, no job experience here. So befrienders really just meet the needs of the people in whatever ways they can. Network, connect them with people, mm-hmm. get to know. So they found out that this girl is an amazing seamstress and that the mom was just really praying for the family like, Lord, what can I do for this family? So she calls me the next day and she's like, Heather, I have to tell you a story. She's like, I was praying for this family so much and I and I just really felt like, and I was just praying for them while I was driving around and I passed Bianca's bridal and I really felt like I should go in there. So I go in there and I, and I just, I didn't know what I was going to say. And I started talking to the lady and I found out that she's a Syrian and she's from Iraq and they came here years ago. And so I told them about this family and they were so interested in loving. And, um, so we brought them in next week and they're going to train her and see if they can get her a job. I'm like, that is amazing. <laughs> that is so very things cool. like that are great. So your volunteers just jump in with both feet mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're right with it. That yeah. is so cool. That's that is good. very cool. How long of a commitment uh, is required of the volunteer if they're, if they're befriending a certain family? Um, we ask for eight weeks at mm-hmm. least. Okay. Um, and But most of the time we find that people love it and you become friends. You're not just going to become friends with someone and ditch them, you know? Sure, the relationship <laughs> develops. No, right? that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. So we find that people build relationships and continue um, for however long and it, you can it's fun you could be creative if you love cooking because a lot of people are like i don't know what to do i don't have any special talents well maybe you love cooking and you can invite them over and teach them how to cook american food and they'll teach you how to make iraqi food and it's so good they bring us food every day so it's fun down the line uh i mean you you have this wonderful experience you're, you're, you're getting here. What are your long-term goals for you personally? How do you see this fitting into your, your big God plan down the way for you? For me personally? Yeah, you personally. Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I always want to work in nonprofit, and I just have a heart for helping people. Mm-hmm. And um, with World Relief, they're such a great organization. Lori and Yulia are always telling me about this person that started here or, or moved up and, and went further on. And, and as Lori was saying, World Relief does a lot more than just refugee resettlement, sex trafficking, um, disaster mm-hmm. relief, um, so so many good things. Like, go to the website and you'll be amazed at how many things that they are involved in. And they're constantly um, have new projects or, or trips or, or this. And they're so great about helping us and informing us and, and, and helping us with whatever need, giving us resources and stuff. So... I could see myself working here for like a long time. Awesome. Awesome. And you've made yourself available. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just World Relief, a national organization. International. Right? International. Uh, how many other offices around the United States? There's 24 in the United States. Mm-hmm. And all working uh, in, in concert together. And in, in other words, 
do you sometimes get people from Philadelphia, or is each one somewhat somewhat autonomous? Pretty much autonomous. Um, you know, autonomous with um, with your corporate heading, kind of like you have a parent, and then you've got your children spread throughout the United States. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about, uh, and we're heading into the break here in just a second, but just kind of give us a quick 30 seconds. What are, remind us, what are some of those other uh, uh, opportunities that are uh, there with World Relief? We talked about resettlement. Give us a quick rundown of the other types of things you can do with the organization. You mentioned sex trafficking, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, our corporate headquarters is in Baltimore, okay. and, I mean, it's pretty diverse in that. I mean, Immigration is huge. It's another, you know, we've got a huge immigration reform. We've got a huge organization part that is really working on for refugees, you know, and getting them over here. And um, there's that. There's the disaster response. I believe that area. We just went to Haiti and served there. We had a really, we had missionaries over there. And we do have missionaries and we support missionaries outside there. Um, you know, and through our corporate and marketing also, there's another big areas within the corporate that does U.S. and international also. So the resettlement is just one facet of a many-faceted facet. thing. Right, yeah. right, right. Can I add something? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, when, when we resettle the families when they arrive, we work with them about 180 days. So we, they come with almost nothing. We start with working uh, with the help of volunteer, uh, settle them by uh, taking them to Social Security Welfare Department and uh, um, complete all their documents and uh, through one year, also, we help them uh, to get their um, green card. So oh, they get yeah. their document yeah. all completed and settled in the United States. Very yeah. good. So you're, you're very patient people, aren't you? Yes. yes. You can yes. see that And we do is. that with love of God. Yeah. <laughs> you are so full of love and grace. We just love that. Does everybody love Max Locato? Yes. And we all have to say yes, right? He's got a, a little thing here on, um, on John 3.16, and... Um, and he writes about it. He says, aren't you glad the verse does not read for God so loved the rich or for God so loved the famous or for God so loved the thin? It doesn't. Nor does it state for God so loved the Europeans or Africans, the sober or successful, the young or the old. No. When we read John 3.16, we simply and happily read for God so loved the world. How wide is God's love? Wide enough for the whole world. Are you included in the world? Then you are included in God's love. We invited the Newsboys back this week to do their song, He Reigns, because he does. And we'll have more from World Relief when we come back on Lighthouse Life. song of the redeemed rising from the African plain It's the song of the forgiven drowning out the Amazon rain The song of Asian believers filled with God's holy fire Every tribe, every tongue, every nation A love song born of a grateful choir It's all God's children singing glory, glory Hallelujah 
towers of cathedrals to the faithful gathered underground. Of all the songs sung from the dawn of creation, some were meant to persist. Of all the bells sung from a thousand steeples, none rings truer than this. You've seen the video of that, yeah, right? I have. Man, I'll tell you, I can watch that video for hours, mm-hmm. you know, and never get tired of rocking out with yeah, it. That's that's great they're stuff. gifted. You just bet. gifted. Well, we're back with the Young Lighthouse Live, and World Relief joins us tonight. And I'll tell you what, a lady that we have known and loved <laughs> for years also joins us, Ramona Russ Camp. Step up, we'll pull up to the microphone there. We're all Good sitting evening. here and got our shoes off and kicked back, and we're just relaxed. And thank you for joining us. How have you been? I've been great. Good. has been really good. Hasn't always. he? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what in the world are you doing at World Relief? 
Well, I began looking for a new place to work, and um, World Relief had posted on CalJobs' work site, and I applied, and Lori was so gracious to invite me to join their team, and I really believe it's God's direction. And how long really have you been there now? Huh? This is my third week. Wow. <laughs> Good oh, girl. man. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, what have you seen that just really ignited something inside of you about World Relief? You said, wow, yeah, this is where God wants me to be. The most important thing are the people. Mm. The people mm-hmm. are absolutely amazing. And Yulia's people are very loving, godly people. They're tender-hearted, and um, they just want a good, safe place to be and to raise their families. And um, they're so thankful. And I've been—that's the most thing I've been impressed with: mm-hmm. is their love and their kindness. A good, safe place—that is important, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How, how do we do that, Yulia? How to a, a provide? Yeah, yes. How, how do we go well, about that? By really come up, come up close, and <laughs> there we go. go by loving them, mm-hmm. really yes. uh, recognize mm-hmm. they are here in the United States. These people, um, you know, where they came from, they had money, they had life, they had homes, mm-hmm. but everything everything is taken from them because of their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, they kidnap their kids. They they kill their families. Sto- amazing stories you hear from each family. You will you will see almost every family. There is no family complete family in the United States. They are spread through all the countries. They have a mother and a son in the United States. They have a brother and other brother in Canada. Sudan. They have in China. They have in Pakistan, in Australia, and one family. When they come and talk to us, they say. You know, we survived. We are here now. How you can get us together? Mm-hmm. And so, you to loving back. them and just um, support them. Uh, you know, get involved with them. Like um, we are working with Big Valley Church. Um, you know, and and the volunteers um, that they come and uh, visit them and take them shopping and see what's their needs. Those people, uh, we need. Um, we need uh, to get them uh, what you call um, housing, um, you know, okay. furniture, affordable housing, uh, affo- yeah, affordable, affordable housing, housing household, items. household items, household okay. yeah, um, and and really help them to find jobs. These people, after being here for two three months, they don't like to be. Um, you know, on uh, depend on the government uh, fund. They want to work. Most of these people, they have um, uh, skills, and they they have jobs. They can you know they can work. So uh, introduce them to churches uh, to get involved. Uh, other know. churches are we working other with? Churches. Other churches yes. as well. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Uh, you know. Our mission is really to empower the churches to be involved yes. with the refugees, and that's most important things, and, and you know, for the refugees. And yeah, we talked a little bit. We talked about Iraq, of course, being in one one of the countries that that people are fleeing. What are some of the other countries around the world uh, uh, that are creating this type of religious persecution and, and creating the need for a world relief operation? What are some of those other countries? the country that they escaped from. Mm-hmm. We have Iran. Um, when I started with World Relief, um, uh, the, the 
resettlement program started with Iranian people, Christian in Iran. And, um, you know, I had stories and stories. I had people call me at 3 o'clock at night and asking uh, for us to help them to escape. Mm. Um, so stories, uh, I'm going to give you a simple story. Um, I had a letter uh, one time from um, a person from Iran that he said um, um, I was engaged to a girl and we, um, you know, she, I went to visit her at home and, you know, just saying for me goodbye, she came outside and we was holding hand mm. and, uh, and a police uh, car, uh, you know, driving and they saw us holding hand and mm. they put us in a car and drove us um, to jail. Um, they separated us and he said in um, a period of one week uh, they came to me and they released me and I asked about my fiance and my fiance said that she is um, she's still in um, she's gone home already they sent her but then when he went back home he found that she was not home and after two weeks she was being released and uh, and she said uh, what happened to her in the jail that really uh, persecuted her in the jail for two weeks and just because she's Christian mm -hmm. and because you ha you have no right to hold hand unless you are married and covered yourself so you have no freedom to do that and we'll show you and after uh, going through that she decided to kill herself she did mm -hmm. not want to mm -hmm. live anymore so his letter was uh, very sad asking me he said I have I don't want to live in this country anymore that we can't even have freedom to talk to each other as a Christian. So I, I want to escape. Mm. So stories like that really, um, uh, you know, give you the chill. Yeah. <laughs> now, tell us again, what are some of those secondary countries where they flee to, I guess you could say, for an interim period before they would come, for example, to yes. the United States? Um, Iraqi people, most of them, they come to uh, Syria country. Um, they, they flee to Syria country because it's so easy for them to drive uh, through border and come to Syria. I really, I, um, from the experience, um, what I see, Syria country is not very big help for especially Christian people because uh, we see through United Nations uh, that as um, most of them, a lar large number of them are being denied or they take one family that is persecuted and separate them. They mm. take a husband and wife and send them to one country and take uh, children married and send them to other, another country. They separate them. Uh, so they come to Syria. They go to Jordan. They go to um, Lebanon. Lebanon, to Egypt, uh, Turkey uh, country. They spread in those countries. I had calls from China wow. that somebody was there and he wanted to be um, rescued to United States. Uh, Pakistan. Pakistan, they used Christian to go Pakistan and went through a very hard time, uh, you know, getting out from there. Yeah. Awfully stressful when you start breaking mm -hmm. up families. Yes. You know, so yeah. I imagine that the, there's a whole dynamic and, and dimension you have to deal with, not only the cultural shift, but also just the pain of, of families being broken up. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the challenges in, involved in, in that particular kind of hurt? Um, 
well, uh, when when they arrive, uh, they wanted the safety. Number one, they want to escape that country, sure. the second country, and they want to go somewhere where it is safe for them. Uh, after they settle, then they look into how they can reunion with their family. Mm -hmm. So they come to our office. How can I bring my family from uh, Sweden, from Australia, from this country just to to join? And most of them, I notice, they love to come to United States. Most of them that they they want to resettle here in the United States. Is it uh, is that often successful being able to locate the other family members and um, unite them? Not really. If it's in in Syria or Jordan uh, and uh, Middle East countries, um, we we can. Yes, um, I mean eighty uh, percent reunion with the family. You know, we mm. tried the best we can. Mm -hmm. We settled through all the United States, not only in Modesto. So, um, but. Um, uh, some of them, they, they send them to Canada. Canada, we know it's that they do settle them, but they, there's a large amount of charge uh, money they charge them. Uh, I don't know how, but the United States does not charge. They bring them free, mm. freely here. Mm. Yeah. Well, you just think uh, how much hassle it is just to go through the airport security, yes. much less yes. uh, trying to bring a family in from... You yes. know, uh, another country, yeah. tremendous challenges, and yet, yeah. uh, you know, for, for God, yeah. you know, there's um, always hope there. Uh, our government is very good in um, working, try very hard, working on the security, really uh, looking into those process that we see when they settle them. For example, a family, when they come through United Nations, they go through their, their uh, document, and check their document and um, completely when they've been accepted as a refugee, um, they have two interviews. The third interview, it's with United, uh, with, with our Homeland Security. And uh, that's when they really check them out and mm. know their background mm. and settle them. Yulia, for the people coming in who maybe request or need special counseling, debriefing when they come in, is that provided for them in any way? Um, um, I'll be honest with you, we definitely need that okay. special, right. because these people are very much, they look very good from outside, mm -hmm. but the inside they really torn. Very wounded. Uh, because mm -hmm. they're yes. kids, traumatized. Yes, mm -hmm. their, their kids are kidnapped, uh, in front of them abused. Uh, so they definitely need a counseling uh, that we are, you know, talking about in, in our office. What are some of the needs uh, that we can share with our listening audience, maybe volunteers, people in professional fields that we can say, hey, these are some of the needs that World Relief needs, and let's step up to the plate and, and provide those. <laughs> Well, I think counselors, one. I mean, okay. definitely counselors right. to help with this traumatic experience. And probably somebody who's, you know, a couple people who can donate some time. Okay. You know, um, we can set up and arrange some professionals okay. in that way. Yeah. All right. um, yes. You know, I notice when people come and in our office, when sit down and talk to them, when we share um, our Lord and his love to them. Yes. They break into mm -hmm. tears, mm -hmm. and that's what they need to hear, and they feel secure when we talk about that. Mm -hmm. And tell them that, you know, God's still alive. He's with you. He's, you know, and it's we... hope, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah, kind of a 21st century diaspora, isn't it? Yeah. And just, um, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Ramona, you've, uh, you've, you've 
really been on the cutting edge of volunteerism and, and having community impact for many, many years now. God has just gifted you uh, in, in that way. From, uh, from your perspective, what do you see some of the new volunteer uh, opportunities being with, with World Relief? Again, you've worked with volunteers for years and years and years, and uh, now you have a slightly different uh, calling. Talk about some of the things that people could look forward to in terms of reaching out to help others through World Relief. I think that one thing that's really exciting about this um, compared to some other volunteer opportunities I've been experienced with is that you're going to get to work with a human being and Mm. really change a life Mm. in a very tangible way and that you're going to be able to um, Mm. really make a huge difference and make our country a better place too because you're going to begin to understand things from a different worldview. You're going to see things and appreciate things in this country that you wouldn't have ever Mm. understood before helping these people. These people are, like she said, are very intelligent. They are um, good people. And um, just that experience is going to make a huge difference. In fact, well, Heather and I were walking down the way, and we were carrying a bunch of stuff for one of the refugees, and there was a man coming towards us. And my immediate response was, I wonder if he's a Christian. We could ask him to help us. <laughs> so everybody, everybody's fair game, so watch out. Here we come. That's great. Lori, what are some of the, the challenges that our people could pray about for world relief? I mean, it's it's uh, it has so many different dimensions, Mm -hmm. but uh, what can we specifically ask folks to pray for? You know, for us, um, you know, definitely, you know, safety. We we know this is a spiritual warfare. It's, this is just not a physical, um, about needs being met. We know it's about Jesus and, uh, we would really pray for us to just be wise, um, as a, as an organization and how we're to lead and how we're to, um, just be wise in this. We just need a lot of wisdom and, and pass down to all of us and how we can really serve and love people that are not like us. Mm-hmm. And, and how Jesus did it, you know, when he moved, it was all different groups of people and, you know, how he met them right where they were. And, you know, he wasn't a codependent with them, but he loved them, had compassion, and he also taught them to go and to move and to be free. So we could use, um, you know, that and the prayer covering wisdom donations. I mean, honestly, financial, we know Mm -hmm. donations have been down probably for a lot of organizations and ministry groups. So we would ask that if people feel led to give as a corporate or to the office, we would love that. How can people get a hold of you here in the Modesto area? They can call me directly at 209-521- Two four four eight, and they can also call um, Heather at two zero nine four nine one three zero three five. She does all the volunteer coordinating and church relations. If I can help out with anything else, those numbers again, friends: two zero nine five two one two four four eight five two one twenty four forty eight. And uh, for volunteerism, you can contact Heather directly at uh, 209-491-3035-491-3035. And, Mike, we also have a website at uh, www.wr/modesto.org. That's our direct line. Very good. And, Heather, do you have any encouragement for volunteers? Yeah, um, going off of what Lori and Ramona said um, about it's really good to work with people directly, 
And it's also really good because um, I know at first when you start volunteering and you see all these needs and you just want to give them, give them, give them this and help them with this. And mm-hmm. But really it's about empowering people and helping them become self-sufficient yes. and mm-hmm. and good. taking ownership of, of their time here and just giving them a nudge and giving mm-hmm. them a support, someone to pray with them, talk with them. Because um, our as Yulia was saying, our uh, mission is to empower the local church to serve the most vulnerable. And as we've been talking about, these people are super vulnerable um, and the vision of World Relief is in community with the local church, um, we envision the most vulnerable people transformed economically, socially, and spiritually. Mm. So coming alongside them and making that happen. And again, uh, you track for six months? Is, um, that, is that right? Up to six months. Yeah. Up 90 to six days months to six months, yes. So about 180 days Correct. Uh, yeah. with, with a family. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that it would be really cool if uh, somebody had built a relationship and continued on beyond that yeah. six months. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And it normally does. It does. It does. volunteers, we hear that Because you know when you give, you, you think you're just going to be a blessing to someone. But really, you're blessed way more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we encourage that. I'd like to add, um, our organization also is settling uh, lately, a lot of Muslim people, uh-huh. Muslim that are persecuted also from um, killing each other mm. in, in that country. Mm. So, uh, and what is the amazing thing? At what we see in here when the Muslim families arrive to our office, um, we notice uh, a lot of them. They are so interested in knowing the love of Jesus Mm. and we have one family arrived when they walked in in our office and uh, usually when we orient work with them through orientation we explain from them for them where this donation come it's from the churches when I mentioned a church for them they say Yulia please give us a a church we don't care American church Mm. and church Mm -hmm. we want to get them wrong right now I have a family uh, three husband wife and their son uh, joining St. Matthew Church and uh, going through Bible study amen and his son was very sick Uh, he was um, I think four or five years old he was so sick and he said that I believe in Jesus pray for my son because his blood is getting um, so they, they, they could not know what was wrong with his blood and they was afraid maybe there's cancer. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said they did see something with the prayer and he been in church. Now they did the test and he had nothing. Amen. 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 Thank awesome. you for sharing that. World Relief, Lori, Yulia, Heather, and Ramona, thank you for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having us. God, God, bless. God bless you. Dear friends, wherever you're listening, thank you for listening. We appreciate you sharing your time with us here on Lighthouse Live, and we'll see you next time.